This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now, in today's episode, we're moving on to letter number 11, and uh, this is on the blush of modesty. And uh, I want to read a few passages between verse 1 and verse 7 today, uh, where Seneca is kind of uh, showing one of his lighter sides, I guess, a shade of himself that uh, I think is very necessary for many uh, modern Stoics to read, right? Because Stoicism can often give off the impression to people, or at least uh, their reading of Stoicism can give them the impression that uh, often, you know, it's 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 all about controlling the emotions. It's about becoming the uh, the 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 master of yourself. Which there are definitely elements of that throughout Stoicism, and it is a very important trope. But it isn't everything, and Seneca often does a great job of reminding us. Uh, just how uncontrollable so much of who we are is, right? And and that's a very important thing to take into account whenever we're going through any sort of personal development. Uh, but anyway, I want to read you a few parts because he basically starts off the letter by talking about this young man who he was speaking to who had kind of a blush of modesty. And, and he's talking about how that is a, a good sign in a young man that he still uh, has those, those natural tendencies which, which pop up. But he, he goes on to say the following, quote, That which is implanted and inborn can be toned down by training, but not overcome. The steadiest speaker, when before the public, often breaks into a perspiration, as if he had wearied or overheated himself. Some tremble in the knees when they rise to speak. I know of some whose teeth chatter, whose tongues falter, whose lips quiver. Training and experience can never shake off this habit. Nature exerts her own power and through such a weakness makes her presence known even to the strongest. I know that the blush, too, is a habit of this sort, spreading suddenly over the faces of the most dignified men. And I'll skip ahead a little bit, but he says, Such a habit is not due to mental weakness, but to the novelty of a situation. An inexperienced person is not necessarily confused, but is usually affected because he slips into the habit by a natural tendency of the body. Just as certain men are full-blooded, so others are of quick and mobile blood that rushes to the face at once. As I remarked, wisdom can never remove this habit, for if she could rub out all our faults, she would be mistress of the universe. Whatever is assigned to us by the terms of our birth and the blend in our constitutions will stick with us, no matter how hard or how long the soul may have tried to master itself. And we cannot forbid these things any more than we can summon them. Actors in the theatre who imitate the emotions, who portray fear and nervousness, who depict sorrow, imitate bashfulness by hanging their heads, lowering their voices, and keeping their eyes fixed and rooted upon the ground. They cannot, however, muster a blush, for the blush cannot be prevented or acquired. Wisdom will not assure us of a remedy, or give us help against it. It comes or goes unbidden, and is a law unto itself. End quote. 
So I think that these passages that Seneca writes here are really interesting and, and open up a very, very important conversation that we should have whenever we're talking about, uh, you know, these ideas of, uh, dare I say it, controlling your emotions. You know, we, we have these often in Stoicism, and it's one of the most common phrases that I hear. You know, I want to control my emotions. I want to gain control. I want to gain mastery over my emotions. And and it's it's one of those those phrases. You might think you know what it means, but really it, it's... It's, it's 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 so unhelpful for so many people to be thinking that because it you know it, it can make you think that you can control something that you really can't right and so uh, in a way what Seneca is talking about here are those physiological responses that the body has to certain situations particularly as he says of novelty right and he makes the very correct argument that uh, you know these things we might be able to train them over time and we might might be able to make progress with them but they're always going to be there right because uh, the body just has these natural inclinations, these natural physiological responses that will happen as a result of certain situations or certain emotions or uh, certain thoughts and feelings, right? And and they're going to be there. And if, if you think that you can control those, if you can just can gain mastery over those natural physiological responses, well, you know, you're going to have a real uphill battle to, to, to even get close to doing that, right? But I think that the important discussion that we need to have is where do do you put your focus? And in order to discuss this and hopefully answer this question, we're going to continue with the analogy of public speaking, which Seneca kind of touches on in, in those brief comments that he makes. Uh, because obviously, uh, you know, the biggest fear of mankind is public speaking or getting up and talking in front of your colleagues or, you know, at church or whatever it is, you know, wherever you're speaking, uh, it's a massive fear that people have. And when we have that kind of fear of public speaking, there are certain physiological responses, there are certain emotional responses that pop up. There are certain thought patterns that you get in, into the habit of thinking right, which, which can either help you or harm you. And, uh, and so this is actually, this is a really good analogy to discuss when it comes to uh, how we can gain uh, a little bit more, again, I hate this phrase, but control over ourselves, right? So, it's interesting, right? When 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 you're about to get up and do a speech, you might, uh, you know, you might be shaking a little bit, or you might be sweating a little bit more than usual. And these are such things as Seneca describes. These are those natural physiological responses that are just inborn. You know, they're, they're just a natural part of who you are. And 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 they are there, right, uh, to obviously show you something, which is, hey, threat, threat, don't do this, right? Um, and, and so, uh, look, there's reasons why they're there. And it's important to note that these are the things that you don't want to put all your efforts into focusing on those things, right? Because that's kind of like the thing that is... Is going to heal over a long period of time when you practice, right? And heal, uh, by that I mean it's going to get a little bit better for you and, and a little bit more manageable, right? But if you focus all your efforts on trying to stop yourself from shaking or stop yourself from sweating, you're fighting an uphill battle. It's not going to work, right? And it's only going to frustrate you more. It's only going to make you more stressed. It's only going to make it harder for you to do the best job that you can do in that speech because you're focusing on something that you do not have immediate power over. And if I may, I'd like to use a double analogy here and now talk about, you know, when you get a cut on your skin and what happens is it starts to heal up, right? And you get a bit of a scab there. And what some people might do, uh, don't recommend this obviously, but some people might scratch at the scab. And I know this is a nasty analogy, but I promise it will work. Now, what happens when you scratch at the scab? It 
prolongs the healing process, right? It doesn't help. It is just about the worst thing you can do in order to to help your scratch to heal, right? And so this is exactly the same thing that happens when uh, when you you know you focus all of your energy on trying to stop those natural physiological responses that happen from time to time when you're in one of those situations. It only makes it more difficult for you to actually change the situation and do your job better, right? It makes it more difficult and it makes it way more stressful for you because you're focusing on something that you cannot control in the immediate moment. And now we move on to the next part, right? Which is, okay, well, maybe you've put a band-aid over the scratch, right? And in the the example of the uh, public speaking, that would be saying, well, okay, you take some breaths, right? What are the things that are immediately available to us that we can do to fix this right now? You might take some breaths. You might listen to some calming music before you get up there and do your speech. You know, you might read over your lines a few more times. That's kind of the band-aid. You're putting it on top and you're, and you're saying, I, I'm here, this has happened, and I need to do something right now that can help me. That's going to be some stuff that can help you to calm down a little bit, right? And, and gain a little bit more control over the situation, right? And that sort of stuff might help you to, 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 to yeah, gain a little bit of, of, of a firmer foundation beneath you. And then we can think, well, you know, this is what's happening right now. But what can I do in the future or going on from now in order to help me to be better prepared for the future when I might have to do this again? What can I do that's going to train me out of these these uh, you know kind of weaknesses that I have so that maybe 10 years from now I, I get up and stage and I'm not sweating and I'm not you know shuddering and I'm, and I'm speaking calmly and 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 with with power right you know how can I do that and that's the stuff that we really really want to focus on because that's saying that okay well next time I'm going to prepare myself even more for this speech I'm going to read over my lines before I get up here even more you know I'm going to prepare my speech better. I'm going to practice it in front of a mirror multiple times. You know, I'm going to do all of these things that'll help me in the future uh, to be a little bit more prepared uh, so that these habits of mine, uh, you know, start to recede and I can start to gain a little bit more confidence and feel a little bit better about my ability to do this. And I guess that the equivalent in the analogy of the cut is, you know, hey, how did I get cut this time? And what am I going to do to make sure I don't get cut next time? Right. And, and also giving yourself that necessary time for it to heal. The two very, very important uh, parts of the healing process of the personal growth process is what can I do? to better prepare myself for next time? And how can I give myself the time necessary for those changes to be made? And so I think that this is, you know, this is such an important conversation that Seneca opens up here, which is just focusing on all the parts of ourselves that we can't just change in the moment, right? Because it's such a madness that we've gotten ourselves into where we believe that we can, you know, reach this point where no matter what we're feeling or no matter what is happening physiologically with our body or whatever is happening around us, we can just, you know, immediately gain this, this kind of tyrannical control over ourselves, right? But Seneca reminds us that there are parts of ourselves that are just natural and inborn and, and, and that are just a part of us that uh, to think that we can immediately change them is just full 
foolish, right? And it doesn't help you and it only prolongs that healing process, uh, which would be good for you in the long term if you were going to give yourself enough time necessary, right? That patience that we all need with our personal growth. And so, you know, again, I just want to remind you to focus on those things that you do actually have some power over. You know, what can you do to train yourself over time uh, to make those small progress, sorry, small changes every day that lead to massive changes in the long run, right? That's where you want to put all of your focus on, right? But the rest of it, that, that stuff that's kind of outside of your control immediately at least, uh, that's the stuff that it's just going to be there. And you don't need to focus on that so much as you need to focus on those parts that are actually within your power to control. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've taken away a few uh, interesting little lessons and I'll talk to you next time. <music>